0: This show is brought to you in part by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT is a unique technology-infused private college that was founded by a geek for other geeks. Our mission is to educate students in the fields of advancing technology to become innovators of the future. UAT's campus culture is devoted to continually nurturing a thriving geek community where everyone's personal lives and professional aspirations revolve around technology. The beginning of the 21st century is an exciting time to be in the technology community. Current subjects of ongoing research and scholarship at UAT include robotics and embedded systems, artificial life programming, information and network security, game development, and other areas of advanced technology. Check them out on the web at www.uat.edu. Shoutcast streaming provided by Versus the World Productions. www.vtwproductions.com. I am Gnomewise. I am Gunora.
1: I am Iolite.
2: I am Daxa.
0: I am Grail. And I am Versus You. I am Versus You. And
2: I'm
3: Versus You. I am Versus You. And I'm Versus You. I'm
0: you. Casually Hardcore.
3: Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. GMT. Only on
0: vtwproductions.com. Yeah.
1: All right. Thank everybody so much. Thank everybody. I'm already uh, right there. Okay. Thank you guys so much for coming out. It's it's definitely an early morning for for some of us more nocturnal types. So thank you guys again for being here. We've got a great panel today. Uh, sci-fi offer- authors and social media, which we've been uh, joined with some just absolutely wonderful authors who have some absolutely wonderful <coughs> social media avenues through Twitter and, uh, of course, uh, no. podcasting. Which it's all a
4: lie.
5: It
1: is all a lie. <laughs> so with us today, we have John Scalzi, who uh, his current book just came out, Fuzzy Nation, so right. do... Do pick that up. It's a good one. We've got Sherry Priest, who uh, also was relegating on how she used to be a teacher, but is also another wonderful author. Um, I think Bone Shaker is the current one,
2: right? That's the only one anybody's heard of. That's the only one anybody's heard of.
1: (laughs) And, of course, we have Sam Sykes, who, uh, well, he's Sam Sykes, but uh, his current novel out right now is Black Halo. And uh, Mr. Paul Cornell, who is known for for his wonderful media productions and his work on Doctor <laughs> Who and comics and pretty much any avenue a person could possibly write something. And Mr. Jack Mangan, who is our resident podcaster <laughs> and also author. So. Thank you very much for the golf clap. <laughs> <laughs> I figured we're, there's five people here, so we'll, we'll try to condense it a little bit. And you you want to hear them talk, not me talk, so it's okay. <laughs> So uh, first and foremost, uh, how about if you guys would like you uh, perhaps introduce us to how you guys got started in social media and why it appealed to you <laughs> when John finishes his Coke Zero.
4: <laughs>
3: oh, we have exploding Coke here. <laughs> this
5: is bad. It's bad on so many levels. It won't stop. Or, or good. It won't stop. stop. Please go on
1: without me.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, well, maybe Sherry or, or John...
1: Or uh, Jack, or.
2: Uh... Thank you. Uh, I started a live journal um, back in 2001 because some friends of mine who played Vampire were having this really great uh, like drama argument gossip bomb thing going on, and half of it was going on under locked LJ Post, and I couldn't see it. So I signed up for LiveJournal and that was how I got onto the internet. And It was really pathetic, so there you go. Yeah, I have a
1: LiveJournal, don't knock it.
2: <laughs> well, no, I mean, my, my motives for getting involved in it were seriously just that my goth friends were, you know, all sleeping with each other and, and
4: you <laughs> so, in on talking
2: bad about each other and I wanted to, I wanted all the good gossip, so
4: yeah, all
2: right.
5: that's the only thing. Right. Uh, He's dry yeah, now. Go uh, no, okay. No, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got onto the internet back in the early 90s um, when uh, the first Mosaic browser came about, and I had a local ISP, you know, where I connected to like a 9,600 baud. And I remember very clearly, early days of the internet, my, my wife was like, I'm going to go down and see my, my parents for the weekend, you know, This, and I was like, okay, great, you know. And I, when she, la- walking out the door, I just pressed the, you know, the button on the, on the, uh, browser and when she came back I was in the exact same position 72 (laughs) hours later and she's like what are you doing I was like I don't know but it's awesome (laughs) Um, since then I've I've had a website since the the early 90s uh, specifically scullsy.com since uh, 1998 where I've written my blog whatever uh, for so long that if you type whatever in Google that's where it goes Um, I've also done and it has about 50,000 followers uh, a day there Um, I'm also on Twitter, I have about 20,000 there, Live, uh, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. Anything that's basically got uh, some sort of social media component, usually if there's someone named Scalzi there, that's me. Sam? Oh.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> like... know,
4: I had pretty humble origins about getting onto social media. My publisher said something about me on Twitter that I wanted to yell at him about. So I logged on and made an account, and then I pretty much just kept yelling at people. And this has served me extremely well. Uh, posting pictures of my dog and then yelling at people if they don't like it. I don't entirely recommend it, but it, it's done great for me. Candy
2: but somebody's got to do it, right? Kitty so pictures work great, too, i just like to say.
4: define kitty pictures (laughs) oh kitty kitty oh I'm on the wrong panel I'm glad (laughs) glad we got that settled
6: Well, Sam's just called Cherry Priest a paedophile. I, I could so. think follow that. It was implied. I didn't call <laughs> anything. Oh, no, I, I'm subtext boy. I like to bring that subtext into the light. Oh, well, yeah. I'm, um, Single in-
7: innuendo.
6: Double <laughs> entendre. I, I, I got onto the internet because um, uh, people were talking about my Doctor Who books on internet news groups, and I must be there to see that, rather than be, as I originally was, sent enormous piles of printouts of what they were saying on the internet. So I got I got the internet in, you know, uh, paper form for a long time, and um, uh, and I, I loved it immediately. I was also taken by it. And these days, if somebody is doing something, I'll go and do it immediately, like I did uh, Foursquare for that afternoon when we all did Foursquare. And um, I am um, really <laughs> just dive onto anything. Twitter seems to be the most exciting thing in the world. It's kind of comforting. I, I go on Twitter every evening and sort of you know, kind of luxuriating the audience, going, ah, an audience, ah.
0: Oh. <laughs> <makes> audience angels? <laughs>
6: I make audience <laughs> angels. It's like crowd surfing. It's lovely. <laughs> Except no one's there. <laughs>
4: yeah.
3: Well, actually, well, so I will say, I actually remember in the early 90s, a girl I went out with going, like, isn't that cute how they put the colon and the parentheses to make a smiley face? So that's how far back I remember with the <laughs> internet. But uh, I, I really got started around 2005, um, it was actually at a local con. Uh, I met a guy named Evo Taro who who's saying like, "Oh, this podcasting thing's going to be huge," and you know we've all kind of learned the truth about podcasting now, I guess. But that's where I, that's what I've done since two thousand five, and it's been it's been a blast, and I've I have reached uh, an amazing number of people and had a, a great time. I've done uh, this book actually came out in podcast format in two thousand five and six and reached more people than I ever thought it would. And uh, this book being spherical, told me and. I've done uh, Jack Manganstead Deadpan, a gentleman over there wearing a slice of sci-fi t-shirt. I've been involved with those guys for you know about six years, and done them. that's. Uh, but that's my thing is, you know my shtick is it's a podcasting thing. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff, and I, I think I did have a live journal account at one time. But but you know, face, um, podcasting is really where, where you hear from me. I actually don't tweet and um, and put out a whole lot on Facebook. so I guess I'm a little bit unique in that way.
1: All right. I suppose the next thing we should probably talk about is how do you feel that being an author or or in podcasting or so on, how does social media affect your job as a writer, as a person trying to contact an audience?
5: I find that, I mean, in in many ways it's advantageous, obviously, because what happens is uh, as a social dynamic, it used to be that you would have a book, and it would come out and you would have that month or so where you would be able to promote the book and then you kind of went away until there was a new book and you had a month to promote it and then it went away and so on and so forth. One of the nice things about the internet is that you don't have to go away. Um, and what that means is that even when you don't have something to promote, like, to, uh, example, there's, there was, uh, my last novel came out in 2008, my n- new novel is coming out this year, that, that means there was a two-and-a-half, three-year gap. That's all, that's enough time for a career to disappear um, because other people come up and uh, what we find though is that if you are on the internet and you're still actively involved and you're talking to people, you still have that connection with your fandom um, and you, people are still accruing interest. So in many ways, you can maintain uh, a level of, you know, discussion and interest and presence uh, that means that when your next book comes out, people are excited for that. So I find that it's uh... really useful in in that respect purely as a as a as the ability to stay connected with your fans. Mm.
2: well and fans like it if they can just kind of holler at you and ask questions like hey I, I love it though when they ask you questions about your book that just came out that you wrote two years ago and you don't remember anything in that <laughs> book anymore um, and i just tell them a wizard did it if That's i don't it. remember it. <laughs> 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 but, it, but i mean it is fun and and I I don't know about these guys, but I work from home by myself all day, and and my husband works for Amazon and also is a roaster to coffee shop, so he's gone, you know, 60 hours a week, and um, I I spend a lot of time by myself, and and so having the internet right there, I'm I'm not completely cut off, Uh, especially when I I first started writing when I got my start, I lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I'm, I'm from the southeast, but I now live in Seattle and uh, there wasn't really a community I didn't know about Mary Robinette at the time right. uh, I didn't know anyone who did anything like what I did anywhere within well say 150 miles I knew some people in Atlanta but I, I felt really isolated until I got onto the internet and then I met well, people like John and Elizabeth Bear and, and Sarah Minette and kind of, kind of that crowd and crew and suddenly when I would do events where I didn't know anybody I knew people and I, and I knew people from the internet and it was uh, it's not that it's people say it's not what you know it's who you know and that's not entirely untrue, but at the same time, when you participate online, when, when, you, know, you learn who to talk to, and you, know, it, you learn which paths to take and which things to not do. And you can learn from other people's bad examples on the internet, too. And uh, Why did you
5: look at me when you said that? <laughs> <laughs> For love,
2: for love. No, and I was actually very fortunate that I got on the internet and, and uh, got a lot of those early noob mistakes out of the way before anybody was reading me, and I got to delete that old live journal. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of that ramp up when you're doing something like this. But it's, it's a very social thing for me. So.
4: Yeah, so sh- being social is pretty much the key to all of it. You probably should not be communicating with people if you don't like people. <laughs> uh, so, so wait, why are you here? <laughs> no, I love people, just in different ways. Uh, what yeah, I'm the creepy one. Okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. you're definitely the creepy okay. one. When I do it, it's charming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I find that I've earned, I found a lot of I've gained, gained a lot of readers through uh, Twitter and social media, just people who <clears throat> you know stumble upon me because of something i've said and say well you're a little nuts i should check out what you're writing <laughs> and that sounds an awfully lot like you know turning your personality into a product which i don't mean i don't want it to sound all that callous but i think it really can't be understated or overstated rather uh how effective it is at your personality drawing new readers in as well as ma- holding on to the ones that you've already got. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's helped me immensely because I have met a lot of very understanding people who know that I don't always mean what I say.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's true that we do read books because we like the voice of that person. And the um, voice of the person we meet is to some extent the voice of the book as well. So it, it's, it's certainly why I've bought a number of books. Um, and that's one really good thing. And what what, what all these guys have said is tr- uh, is true. I also sort of, <coughs> I can use it just for a quick question. I can go on Twitter and go, "Hey, does anybody know?" And yeah. you know. 18 people will know the answer. A further 30 will have the same awful joke to tell me about it thinking that none of the other 29 have thought of it. Um, and eventually I will actually have to say, no, I know now. Stop.
5: Stop. Hold back. You did, that, you did that the other day. Yes.
6: I, yeah. I got really it's really that, that is just so awful and selfish to ask people to kindly give the answer to a question and then after five up. minutes stop. Shut up. Shut
7: oh. up.
6: <laughs> I know now. But, um, but, and, and also you can sort of defy expectation. Like with comics news groups, I read the news groups about my work and uh, you know, if they're sort of thinking it's going in one direction and oh, he's planning to do this you can find what the good fake out is. You know, you can find what you know, you can defy that expectation and in some cases meet it or in some cases take the idea. But no, I've never done that. (laughs) Never, never.
7: Never use stuff from the internet. I think that, uh-huh.
3: those are excellent points, but I think it also, it, 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 humanizes you a lot too. I think, um, you know, and when you're, you know, you're not this one dimensional, you know, content generating machine, you know, you're, you're the guy who talks about ridiculous crap. And, uh, and also when you, when, what you just said, it really resonates too, because again, with the podcasting thing, I'm fortunate that, you know, I'm, I'm in somebody's ears. They, they get to know my, my, the way I speak and my, uh, my voice. So, you know, it become very intimate, uh, I don't hope that didn't make it really awkward just now. But no, it really you do kind of it's a it's a cool bond you have with your readers. And you know, I've met people where they kinda of look at me funny. I've at conventions they're like, oh I know I, I know you, I've heard you before, and that's that's kind of cool. Um, but I think also it's a way of getting your brand out too, which I die every time I say that, just a little bit. But it's a way you know, you you do have a brand. Sam touched on it. You have a brand as an author, and you know, this is it's, you're you're selling yourself a little bit, even if you're just talking about something completely asinine. You know, it's, a, it's still your brand. It's who you are, and that's, that draws people in. I mean, believe it or not, I mean, people will like you for who you are and not just like, oh, you wrote that book about something that I had no idea. So that's, that's, I think that's a valid, valid and a valuable use of
5: whatever social media tool you're using. I can see you want to say Oh, no, no, no. no. Well, actually, I am going to say something. Since since you've said that, I'm going to say something I feel obliged to now. One of the things that we do have to be careful about, and I think you touch on this, you know, is the the idea of the the person as brand. And, And one of the things that you want to do when you're talking about social media is that there is a fine line between authenticity and obnoxious marketing. And this is something that I think we have to be very, very careful about. I do know of authors that the only reason that they're online is because, you know, somebody said, you need to be online and you need to market your brand and you need to do all this sort of stuff. And so they go online with a sense of duty and they do it and everything that they write is about, you know, what they're selling or where they're going to be or, you know, what they're doing that's promoting their brand and all that sort of stuff. And you want to take those people and you want to throw them into a, a, you know, very large wheat thresher, you know, because it's not interesting. It's not uh, something that is actually fun to read. I mean, I was online blogging about whatever I felt like blogging out about long before I had any novels or books to sell to people. You know, why did I do it? Because as, as uh, Sherry mentions, it's a way to be, you know, a way to be social. As, as Bender would have put it in, in Breakfast Club, sad and pathetic, but social. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, it's one way to be social. It's one way to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer. I, I like, to, you know, the way that I, I uh, communicate is through my fingertips. And so, you know, that was one way to do that as well. Uh, the simple fact of the matter is <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm totally getting you I'm getting you all later. Um No but 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 the point about it is is that what actually has made me successful is not I mean I certainly do a lot of promoting of my stuff online I promote other people online I do a lot of promoting but you know what you come to my site sometimes you'll see a picture of my cat sometimes I'll be getting into a political argument sometimes I'll be writing about you know just you know one day I put up my toe hurts and I immediately get 50 comments people are like my toe hurts too <laughs> is it a fad um and you do you do the same thing with Twitter. It can't all be all product all the time. Because as soon as you say to someone, Hi, you are a monkey to be marketed to, they will go, Well, this monkey's getting out of the tree. We're going somewhere else. I, I was once a student DJ and the feeling I get on Twitter
6: often, when you're retweeting other people who have good jokes and when you're all in a kind of rolling ball of conversation is that you're like being a DJ. You're feeding in all these people who are then yeah. And that is just the most amazing feeling. That's something that's worthwhile in itself. Right. I love that.
5: You have, to, you, you have to love it for what it is. You have to enjoy it for what it is. Otherwise, you're wasting your time, and you will be wasting the time of anybody who would actually spend time trying to follow you, which they won't. Right. Mm. There's no... Oh, no,
2: go ahead. Uh, um, A lot of times when you do writer's workshops and stuff, people want to talk about what makes a good character, and I always tell them that it's the specifics that are the universal. Uh, You know, give your character a favorite color, because it may not be your reader's favorite color, but everybody has a favorite color, you know. And when you just do that branding thing and, and, and the, the shilling thing over and over and over again, you are just a product and you aren't a person anymore. But when you are sitting around and telling people about, like this morning I realized my shirt was see-through and not in that sexy way. It was like the really awkward way of I clearly <laughs> didn't plan this. Um, so, I ran around, so I ran around looking for a pajama top because I had a, a black tank top. I'm like, I will put this under this. Yay! And I felt triumphant and I was still a little hungover. And... <laughs> So I tweeted that, and then 50 people. Oh my God! Find someone with a tank top. You're at a convention. You can get like 50 whacked out suggestions. I, I had this one girl go, "I do burlesque. Find a different color bra and some high-waisted pants." I'm like, "We're done here." <laughs> uh, this, is, this is not what I'm here for. Um, I'm too old for that. And and but but it's fun because it makes you a real person to them, even if they don't agree with you, even if they don't. Right they're like so caring
6: you. as well they, they will always they do
2: they yeah. want to help well but that's the I, I was really really sick a couple of weeks ago like like this close to being hospitalized and you don't talk about being sick on the internet because you will get every idiot out of the woodwork well have you tried this
5: <laughs> on the other hand uh, I just got tea this and is true I, <laughs> this is true but not from the internet. But not from the internet.
2: From a real person. <laughs> from see? a real person. From that's real, true. Nice so you
5: person? can just go eat it. You
3: guys make an excellent point. You know, it's it's <laughs> kind of it's like an in-person interaction. If if I'm talking, I've, this has happened to all of you guys. It's happened to me. You're talking to an author at a convention, then the sales pitch starts creeping in. You're like, yeah, oh shit! No fun. You're trying to sell me a book. I'm just talking to you, and you're going to start trying to sell me your book, and you don't want to do that. And no. also, you don't want to whine like, oh, I got another rejection. I don't. I don't want to. I'm going to unfollow oh, that immediately. I you know, see that a lot from authors. Somebody, you know.
6: somebody stopped me um, halfway through a, a Texas convention in the hallway and said, "What do you actually do?" And, and I was <laughs> I, I was quite proud of that. It meant it I'd done you no know shilling. <laughs> that I'd, I'd just been me. Yeah. And they wanted to know. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. your brand. And then they went, "Oh, really?" <laughs> 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 That's
4: sad. That's sad
2: for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In- <laughs> Well, and I'm kind of hyper-social anyway. and and, and, Yeah, I know. (laughs) But then when I work from home by myself, you know, and they let me out at these conventions, Mm -hmm. you cannot shut me up. And I don't want to talk about my books because that's what I do all day. I want to talk about my kitty and, and about where I'm going to go get the next drink and and you know what friends I haven't met from the internet and checking so off people from my bingo three card. Three things
4: you talk about.
7: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's great. Cats,
6: cat booze, alcohol, cat booze in the internet. And, the internet. and, and the you both mentioned that they put kitty pictures online. I think this is a major part of my brand. No, had, the I put, put my dog online
5: because he's, awesome. because he's awesome. I was about to say, I've got to get a pet. None, none of all y'all can talk to me about cat pictures. No. He <laughs> <laughs> Although
2: I will say this, I had a live journal community for my cat called the Furry Overlord because I had a really boring day job for a while. And, uh, but, but then my day job picked up and I didn't have time to, to keep up with it anymore. So I deleted it. And I came in to work the next morning, logged on to 35 emails from people asking if the cat was okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you do realize she doesn't actually write these books.
5: My, 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 cat has a, my cat has a Twitter feed. Dude. My cat, I don't write my cat's Twitter feed some random person, as far as I knew, wrote my cat's Twitter feed. I was this horrible, vindictive version of my cat who's really just a princess fluffy cat, you know, but it's like, you know, crapped in the, the, the master's shoes. He will be very displeased. You know, that sort of thing. I finally figured out, found out who it was through various circumstances, and one of the things that I found very amusing is that he, as my cat, has more followers on Twitter than he does as himself on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm like, that is fascinating, and also, would you like a hug? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, do you guys ever find it disconcerting that now that your fans have this kind of full access to your life, to every moment? Oh, uh, but that's wrong. Yeah. Mm, they, they don't.
5: They, they, don't. Well, they don't. I mean, this is, and this is actually something that I'm very clear with my fans about. I mean, um, the web performance... Uh, the Twitter performance it's all performance it is a version of me and it's not inauthentic because it is me but it is me shuffling my personalities as some things come forward like for example I will tell you cute things that happen with my daughter when my daughter says something clever which is disturbingly frequently you know but I won't tell you when she's being a 12 year old butthead you know because we've all been 12 year old buttheads but that's none of your business I will tell you something uh you know a nice story about me and my wife you know how we met or something like that but I won't tell you uh you know what's going on in the particulars of my relationship with my wife right now and the reason is it's none of your damn business um and so I tell people it's the uh, personable but not personal, and that mm. makes, yeah. a, makes a huge yeah. difference. And again, what it means is that there's a, there's a um, concept called face. Uh, Takio Doi writes about it, you know, um, and we all have different faces that we present to different people. I have a very specific internet face, um, and it, like I said, it's not inauthentic, but it is not the whole picture and I think that it's important for people to realize that this is a this is a mediated presentation um, and I think that they like it because if I started talking about all the oh, yeah. you know other stuff like occasionally I read and and of course LiveJournal is the the example of people where they're like you are aware that this is going out to everyone, yeah. and 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 you're just like some of them are are just like you know crash scenes. You know you can't turn away, and yet you feel bad for yourself for for having yeah, read no, it. No, no the,
6: general users do seem to think that they're talking to one
5: person beside a campfire it's in a <laughs> stadium. It's you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and so it's, yeah, that's that that's my concern. And so I'm I'm very clear that you get you know it's I'm happy you're here, but this is this is a, uh, an act in some ways. So well, a lot
4: of people will put out just the most. Bizarre crap on Twitter, well, yeah. and so forth. that some one of my friends has been tweeting about the constant status of his wife's mental health, how she's going in and out of hospitals oh. and attacking him, <coughs> and like, all right, Awkward. you know, this is, I'm, um, what, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you know he, you know he's. Yeah an author as well. I'm pretty sure this is not doing a lot to help him mm-hmm. with his readership. I don't think a lot of people... Oh, you poor baby. Yeah. Let me buy okay. your book.
3: Yeah. No, you right? you? oh. actually, I, I, okay, yeah. well. I, I, I apologize because I think you guys have heard this story before, but I, this is actually a warning along those lines. In the early days of podcasting, I think I mentioned my son's name once on a, on a podcast somewhere, and then it's kind of uncool. There's some argument from trolls broke out of my site, and one of the trolls sent me this really creepy email saying talking about like oh i hope you're doing great in scottsdale with said my son's name and it's kind of like wow this is this out? is not funny anymore like this is not mm. cool and that's yeah, it was a long long time ago and and uh, but i just, just the warning is you know a lot of my friends on the, on the east coast a lot of my, my peer like t morris and, uh, and Mer lafferty i know that they when they talk about their kids they give them code names like they call them sonic boom and uh, pink yeah. tornado are the names <laughs> of their kids and i think that's that's a good idea. I mean, I know. I, know I, read, I read whatever, and I see, you know, you've been, you've been public, and you've been fortunate.
5: I mean, for me, that, that particular bridge has passed a long time ago. But I think that it's a, it's a very on point. I mean, you have to be – you have to make the decision what you're comfortable presenting, and then uh, you need to actually really, really stick with it. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, quite frankly, if someone basically wants to use their live journal as a way to vent – and to air their frustrations, you can't gainsay them. That's, it's their own life. But it is something that I personally would never in a million years do.
2: Well, I learned a long time ago the hard way. Um, when, when I was much, much younger, I did uh, some, some trashy, gothy modeling for White Wolf years and years ago. Um, so when I did come to the Internet, those pictures were somewhat old, but I was a woman on the Internet.
7: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: And um, like I, I, I got, the idea very quickly that I needed to be very, very careful about talking about where I lived and where I was. And in the last three years, I've actually had two stalkers, one of whom we did have to get the police involved. Both of them were women in their 50s, which was a little strange to me. Uh, so is mine.
7: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: no, it's not a joke. I really.
2: No, yeah, yeah, and I don't understand. One of the she ended up uh, getting fired because she had gotten into my medical records at this mm. this specialty eye clinic where I had been at, and trying to figure out where I had moved to. And it it, it always starts small and minor and just kind of ramps up into something that you don't. I mean, literally, this culminated in this woman calling me in hysterics, crying, saying she was driving up and down the street in the neighborhood she knew that I lived at, trying to find me, and why won't you let me hang out with you? Why won't you just give me your phone number? Why can't we get together? And I'm like, okay click so you change phone number and we started parking off street because she tampered with our vehicle Mm -hmm. she figured out what we were driving and uh, in Seattle I I don't mind that people know I live in Seattle I don't mind that people know I live in Capitol Hill because it's the most densely populated neighborhood in the city Mm -hmm. Um, but I had a new vehicle and I don't talk about what kind it is I don't say anything about it and uh, she found out anyway and uh, unhooked some hoses which was really fantastic And so now we have to pay for parking to keep our vehicle hidden. Right. And, and there's just all kinds of – we took my name off of the uh, call box downstairs, and people tend not to know my husband's last name. So it's like it just –
5: You have to manage that. You have to really mm-hmm.
2: manage that. And, and the little stuff that you don't realize, you're giving away. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, we had to have this woman banned from three of the venues, including the university bookstore. Dwayne knows who she is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was just it, – it got weirder and weirder and weirder. Yeah. And, uh, this- yeah.
4: This isn't to say, though, that you need to watch absolutely everything you say. A lot of crazy people are going to be crazy, mm-hmm. no matter what you put yeah. out there.
6: Oh, you can't stop that signal. Yeah, you can't I'm stop right. that. I don't think this is a, a phenomenon of the internet either. It's just <coughs> no, enabled us to meet no. those people. It's it's people. Yeah. If you've, if you've
5: right. ever been somebody who's put yourself out there in a public way, you run the risk of, uh, of that sort of thing. And totally. Think, are, you, are you okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Turn off your cell phones, please. Um. No, I mean, I think the thing is, is again, you you find out the, the level of comfort. Like, I don't have any problem telling people where I don't have any problem telling people where I live because I will see them coming up the road. I mean, I literally there's there's literally like 800 feet between my front door and the front of my driveway, um, and I have a shotgun. So you know. <laughs> As, as, as far as it goes I'm not really worried about that I, you know, I, have, I, do have my, I do have my phone listed but I've also made it very clear to people if you call me then you will get angry Scalzi and he will hang up on you I had one time somebody call me from Bulgaria It's like I want to know if you are uh, uh, aware of this particular thing, you know, some sort of small science fiction thing I'm like no and even if I was now I'm completely never going to do anything about it because you called me fuck off thank you bye you know, hang up and stuff like that um, and so you do have to – you also have to be aware of where, where the boundaries are, are with that as well. So that's, you know, that's a flip side. But again, you, like I said, you have to understand what you are comfortable revealing, and if you're not comfortable with it, then you absolutely should not. Every once in a while, I get authors who are like coming and it's like, should I talk about this? Should I talk about that? I was like, would you talk about this too? A random person you met on the yeah. street, and they're like, "No." I'm "Then why on earth would you do it on the internet?" The internet is no different than random people on the street. If I'm going to come up to you and start divulging whatever I'm going to divulge, you know, I'm sure you're lovely. But there are some things <laughs> that that I'm not going to divulge to you unless I've actually known you for a week, a month, a year, like. You know, we went to high school together. You know, there are things that my high school yeah. friends don't know about. I, I
6: actually keep Facebook separate for these purposes. Facebook is people I actually know yeah. and usually have met in the real world and know quite well, and nobody else. But you haven't friended me. <laughs> yes, I have.
5: <laughs> <I'm> just <playing.
6: laughs> I just I took that so seriously for a moment. I mean. <laughs> actually, do you know, talking of uh, the stalking thing, that uh, Doctor Who magazine once got a bomb um, it was it was as a fake bomb. It turned out, but it was full of clock parts and you know fake yeah. dynamite and all that. But this it's being Doctor Who fan it. terrorism, it had a return
4: address.
7: That's
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Tom just, Baker. <laughs> yeah.
4: Just one more word on that. Uh, speaking as probably the newest author on this panel, you say youngest? It's youngest. Youngest. <laughs> oh, rub it in. The youth is fading around me. <laughs> And I sit at its epicenter. Uh, the you can sometimes mm-hmm. have a temptation to let these sort of things slide in the name of, you know, getting a fan or getting a sale because you know you. It, sometimes you can feel kind of desperate for attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no one's going to deny on no, this panel no. that we love attention. It's awesome. At you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't? <laughs> uh, like with
2: steampunks, actually, it's like well, obviously, you don't want anyone to look at you. Pretty so. much. <laughs>
4: But uh, don't. Yeah. Just, just don't let it slide. You know, I was, you know, I was tempted to I – haven't, I haven't had a physical stalker. I did have some dude that followed me around from blog to blog wherever I went commenting on whatever I said. Sorry about that, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna say, now, now you're and really now hurting my feelings, Sam. Uh, <laughs> you know, there goes my whole year. Uh, and, you know, for a while I was in... I was just sort of humoring him, because I'm like, alright, well, this guy's... You want to be, nice be nice, and, and you, be you, know, you know, you don't want to come out and say, you know, fuck off, and have everyone read this, and say, oh, this innocent fan who has been stalking him for years is... and he just yelled at him like he was some kind of animal. Uh, No, there's absolutely no shame in taking a stand. And even if it costs you in the short term
5: yeah no absolutely one of the things that I have on my website is that, you know the list of rules for you know how to behave on my website
2: I just link people to Scalzi's rules for mine
7: <laughs> yeah and it, and it and it and
5: it makes sense and I am you know one of the things and I think to, to Sam's point is I'm willing to be that jerk who says you crossed the line uh, if you do it again you're off the thread and or, or you know you're banned from the site um, and if you do that you actually find that most people get it and you know you can manage the manage the discussion, you can mediate sort of the things on the things that you are in charge of. You can't do anything about how people freak out on the internet, you know, aside from that. But yeah, you absolutely do have to say, if someone asks a really inappropriate question, you go, I'm not going to answer that because it's a really inappropriate question.
6: I, I have only, oh, sorry. No, no. I've only ever banned, apart from spammers, four people on Twitter uh, blocked, and um, one of those was the guy I woke up in the morning and saw a capital letter post on Twitter saying, you ruined Batman and Robin. I thought, ban. But (laughs) but there was one poor guy, and I have not been able to find him to unban him, um, who just caught me at the wrong moment and said, dude... You go on and on about the Hugo Awards. What the hell are they? And I banned him. I thought, shit, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was a perfectly
3: innocent question.
6: He just dared to impugn. He was the just the, the wrong day, yes. wrong time, wrong day. I hadn't woken
3: up yet. Mm. Well, you're allowed to be human, you know. Oh. I think that's. No, you're not.
4: and
2: well, on, on the internet, though, people will often feel like they know you better than you know them. Duh. And and so you do kind of like I have an agreement with. Well, they with... do. Well, yeah, they do obviously. Well, it's like being a teacher where your students stare at just you but you have to stare at 50 students every day and they're, you know, kind of this crowd and you're the one person. Uh, but, you now my husband and I have an arrangement. If I don't introduce him to somebody by name, it's because I don't know their name. And it doesn't matter if we're like, oh, my God, yes, it's so nice to meet you and see you and everything and, oh, hi, it's great, yeah. And I'm like, uh-huh. um, <laughs> So he knows the cue to just go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm her husband, and then I'm like, oh, I'm so silly, I should have introduced you, my bad. Um, <laughs> and now you all know that I do that. Yeah. But
5: <laughs> so if no. she's making direct eye contact. Straight, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm part of that team, too, because you, there's so many people that you meet and you have to do that. You really have to do that. And some of them you've never met. You, exactly. They, but, people come but, up to you and they're like, it's me. From the internet. From the internet. <laughs> and I'm like, you understand the internet. You don't see you, you know. But it's like but you should know me from my tone. I'm like, "No." <laughs>
2: For my icon that's 100 pixels by 100 pixels. Right,
5: exactly. And so that it's always nice when they actually take a picture.
2: I have my, you cat they're my, they're
1: my
6: cat. Have you ever started to really dislike what's in an icon because you dislike the person associated yes. with it? There's this mm-hmm. British children's puppet character called Windy Miller who I bear a terrible, terrible <laughs> hatred for. He's just a little Miller man outside his windmill. And I hate him because he, he was the icon of somebody I, whose posts I came to really dislike.
4: Don't no, let it get to this point. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> don't no. let Yourself, start hating
5: windmills <laughs> because of the internet. No, no, Paul, no, Paul. That's just you. <laughs>
4: he
1: just has us. a real dislike of windmills. I love windmills. All right, um, we would greatly enjoy to uh, take a few questions from the audience if you guys don't mind raising your hands.
7: Not
4: greatly. <laughs> okay, well, Sam, just a little. Not greatly, Sam, shut up. <laughs>
7: Oh, yes. Talk to
5: Scalzi. <laughs> no, that has <laughs> never, ever happened. No, um, one of the rules of the internet is you will, uh, you will always, sooner or later, you will show your ass on the internet. Um, and everybody everybody does it. Um, and uh, the, the prime example of me showing my ass on the internet was there was a thing that going on a couple of years called race fail, race fail 09. Yeah. And there was a back and forth and back and forth and someone brought it to my thing. <laughs> And I was furious with them for bringing it um, because they were just trying to basically infect the site with more of controversy, and I was I was against that. And I was philosophically aligned with the, uh, you know, with uh the, the the people were like you need to pay more attention to what you're saying about race. But what I really managed to do was say it in such a horribly bad way that I showed my ass on the internet. And of course when I when people like started coming going, You're showing your ass on the internet. I'm totally not showing my ass on the internet. It's you who's showing your ass on the internet, <laughs> you ass shower internet person you um, I, and I then, think
6: I think actually you took a little visit to both sides and explored them, which often doesn't come over as yeah. well as it might.
5: Right, exactly. And that was but what the problem was is eventually I understood that the problem was not that people were misunderstanding me, it was that I genuinely had said something very poorly. And so when I did that, and I I also had people who I really trusted say, no, no, you actually did show your ass on the internet there. (laughs) Um, I did what you should do in those situations, which was, I agree, I have shown my ass on the internet. I am sorry. And it was, when you do that, you genuinely apologize. You don't make any sort of excuse for the fact that you've shown your ass on the internet. You just say, I did this, I own up to it, it's my fault. I'll make it right, um, and I did. You know, I, I you know, the apology was an, was significant in and of itself. They're going, a white man apologized on the internet. You know, <laughs> uh, which was significant. But then I also invited uh, my friend Marianne Mohanraj and my friend Tempest to come and talk to my audience of you know thirty five to fifty thousand people about you know race and presentation and writing and stuff like that, and, and because I felt that that was the appropriate thing to do. Um, When you, you, everybody will do it. Everybody will just say something that they really wish they could take back. You can't take anything back on the internet. It is there forever. Because anytime anybody with any sort of notability, like anybody on this panel says something like that, immediately somebody does screen capture. Even if you delete it five seconds later, it will be there in a Google cache. It will be there in a screen capture. So you just have to own it. It's like, this is where I showed my ass on the internet. This is where I apologized. This is where we move forward. You will do it because you're human. You, fought, you learn
6: to deal with it. I fought a lot on the Internet as a young Doctor Who fan, and that's all still preserved forever out there on news groups, which are like kind of like left behind. There are still people on Newsnet. It's extraordinary. But um, I, I, I don't fight now. Thou shalt not fight on the Internet. I absolutely won't. won't. Do that. I did just let it off the hook once about six months ago on behalf of Elizabeth Moon, but I think I got away with it, and I was apologising in all directions again. Right, that right. Was, that was f- for something like five minutes when yeah. I thought I could have my own Scalzi situation here unless I start f- apologising hugely uh, now. I, you
5: know, I'm glad that it's called the Scalzi situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's it, like a Tom Clancy book, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> the Scalzi situation. We're gonna go red, bin that. But, um, but yeah, no, and it, and it, it's ex- it's exactly that. You, you just kind of like. Oh, oh well. Yeah.
4: Uh, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I cut my teeth on something awful. So,
7: <laughs> you are good. Yeah,
4: a little. Thanks. Uh, so this is one piece of wisdom I have learned and take this as gospel. If you apologize, there are going to be people who hold it against you and will never let go what you said, no matter the, that you apologized. The people who are going to hold against you the fact that you apologize are people you do
5: not need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So give absolutely no crap about that. Yeah. To be clear, though, when you apologize, you actually have to apologize. You kind of do you, have to mean it. You have to mean it. You know that because it
2: must be as public as your flub up.
5: Right. And, and because the, the internet is, is uh, you know, emotion blind in many ways. But the thing that they can absolutely smell from a mile and a half away is an insincere apology or one of those, I'm sorry that people were offended apologies. I'm sorry that it's your problem. Right, exactly. No, if you you are, I mean, you should never apologize unless you genuinely feel that you need to apologize and then when you need to apologize then you need to make sure that it's clear that you're like, I have no defense. This was where I was wrong and I was wrong. Um, And that is again it's rare enough on the internet that that happens that uh, you will actually you will actually get credit But you can't do a whole lot of apologizing. So remember try not to show your ass that much (laughs) If you do it intentionally though, yeah, if you're a troll then you you're yeah, or if you're Sam Sykes
3: Or don't feed the trolls too or actually a friend of mine. um, You've all seen the movie serenity. I hope (laughs) so Sorry, I had to ask, but a friend of mine, you know, the opening weekend went on his podcast that had like 20,000 listeners. I was actually in the studio that day and said like, oh, it's great, wash dies And, <gasps> oh, you know... Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> but it was so good for them because they had so much anger. And it, you know, so this it, is going out live. Yeah, yeah, well, sorry, sorry.
1: I think spoiler alerts only count for like yeah. a year after the yeah. film's come out.
3: <laughs> right, right, Rosebud is a sled. Uh, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry.
1: So, so, but you know, it, Darth Vader's Luke's father. Yes, exactly. like sinks
3: <laughs> <laughs> right? But in that way, it, it actually worked out well for me. He did come out with a kind of the "I'm sorry, you're all jerks." You know, that was. The, but it, it worked out for him. So that's that's one of those rare cases where you can make it work.
2: Yeah. Well, you've got to give, and this is not something I would have said 10 years ago, but you actually do have to give the people on the Internet credit and in that it's kind of the same mix of people who are in any given room. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter how innocuous it is, some idiot's going to take it the wrong way and be mad at you, and you kind of have to just come to peace with that. Yeah. Um, easy. My, my easiest example, I have a separate web page for um, uh, the Clockwork Century stuff, my steampunk stuff, kind of with the fact and everything for that, and I did this little brief, you know, what steampunk is in 150 words or less, whatever. And I was talking about first world versus second world fantasy. And, and, and granted, you know, we're all kind of spec fic people. That's cool. You understand that first world means here and now, and second world means a place I made up. I got this epic piece of hate mail from somebody who said that I was saying that second and third world countries were not real places. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: I, I literally had to read it and reread it to figure out where the disconnect had occurred because it, it was, I, I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, and you can't argue with these people. There's nothing you can say.
6: Oh, oh this 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 opens up a huge can of worm. But my favourite piece of abuse. <laughs> was a rant I got for saying, thank you for your support at the end of an issue of Action Comics. How
2: dare you? How, how dare
6: I assume I had their support?
2: Oh, no, okay, my <laughs> craziest one, and, and this is totally true, and you could probably Google your way to this, and, and I, it, it just it slayed <laughs> me. Because I, I have a policy of not responding to reviews ever. Ever.
7: I've yeah, responded absolutely. to one
2: review, and it was this review of this girl who had read Bone Shaker, who said, I really do like this, except it's a shame that the author is this screaming, just terrible, raging racist. She says all black people are gorillas. And I had this moment of, art. what? <laughs> not only have I never said that, I am th- th- that is not in that book. And, and I had one of the copy-edited files, and I did a keyword search for the word gorilla. Right. And there is a scene where there is a black guy and a white guy in a ship. And the white guy is hugely tall. He's, 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 he's a giant for all practical points and purposes. And this very long arm, is a lo- an arm as long as a gorilla reaches around this door. And the next line says, the long white arm. This girl th- And I was like, okay. Hi. <laughs> I'm from the internet. Um, but, but I tried to be very, I was like, I think this is the section you're talking about. I think we've had a miscommunication. Um. Because that's really not the kind of thing I say or think or do, and I would just, you know, just wanted to kind of put that out there and make that clear. I think and that's, so
6: that's the only only case where you can, right? When factual
5: error. Yeah.
2: No, so she was funny, and she was like, "Oh, you're right. Well, thank you for being very laid back and cool about it." And she didn't change the post; she just oh, left uh, it up.
5: Could you could you make the <laughs> ed- emendation No, no. I mean, but cause she actually brings up the other thing about uh, social media about how managing things, you uh, you will inevitably find that no matter what you write. Uh, No matter how well you write it, no matter how many times you've been nominated for awards, there's someone who's going to absolutely hate it. Um, And the temptation is to, you know, especially at first when you're brand new and, you know, this is all new to you, is to go and, you know, when someone does a bad review, respond in some way. Especially Um,
2: if they get a bunch of stuff wrong.
5: And especially if they get a bunch of stuff wrong. And the answer to that is never, 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 never. Because there will be some people who will... um, the, the best way to explain it is that there are, uh, particularly with crazy bad reviews, there are crazy people on the internet, crazy crazy internet monkeys, and they're flinging poo at you. And if you try to f- fling the poo back, that will just call more crazy internet monkeys. <laughs> they make more poo than you. <laughs> You will, you, will never, you will never win, you know, and you might eventually, like, get them to correct something, but it doesn't matter because by that time you're completely covered in poo. I, I so
6: you should make this into a platform game for the iPad, yeah. don't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Life lessons with John yeah, Scalzi. Yeah, I was let to say, let me,
5: let me explain it by way of this app game, you know, <laughs> poo flinging monkeys on the internet. Um, but that's, that's the, really what it comes down to. You actually have to learn how to, and, and this is actually true with most social media. I mean, you actually have to learn that you have to let people have their own completely wrong opinions opinions, um, and, and that's just and this way that they do. One of the things that I do on my website every year or so is I will post all my one-star Amazon reviews. Um, and the reason I do that um, is, one, because some of them are really spectacularly funny. Um, but the other reason is just to make people aware. No matter who you are, you will get that one-star review. Someone is going to loathe what you write, Um, and you just have to own up to the fact of it. And you just—the best thing to do with that is to own it. It's like, Mm. and and to say in fact that you would rather have the one-star review, you'd rather have ten one-star reviews uh, than a bunch of five, like like two or three-star reviews with like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you want them to be passionate about it, even if they passionately hate it. You. Although, although, sorry.
2: Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go. In my experience, the the good readers will actually come to your defense if you just make room for them to do so. Mm. Yeah.
6: <laughs> so. Uh, Gail Simone is entertained by genuinely inventive abuse directed at yes. her. Yeah. And I on Twitter, and she'll <laughs> repost, but she stopped doing that because she realized that her fans had started to attack the people she reposted. Yeah. Right. And if you're Neil Gaiman, then you can topple a small South American country with that. <laughs> <laughs> or a state representative. Yes. <laughs> I, I wake up this morning, and I, I I don't like Ecuador this morning. Can we do something about Ecuador?
7: their <laughs> page, and
5: all of a Ecuador is gone.
3: <laughs> if you guys don't mind, actually, I, I'm curious about that because I thought that that was that was awful. And that this jerk came out and was and basically bullying him. But what do you how do what do you think about the way he, he handled that? Because he was the, all over that the
5: the Neil Gaiman thing. Yeah, um, I think he was. For those of you who don't know, Neil Gaiman uh, did a uh, author uh, speaking engagement at a library. And the, it was paid for out of this thing called the Minnesota Legacy Fund, which was 45, and he got paid $45,000, which is his, you know, speaking fee for that. And he said, well, it's a library. And they were like, it's $45,000. We have to spend it by the end of the year. Otherwise, we lose it, and we won't get it in the next year's budget it has you know it's basically that was like this is our way of making sure that we get renewed and stuff like that it's part of the process it had nothing to do with anything else Uh, it wasn't taking money away from that particular library it was part of a larger overall statewide fund so he's like fine and they he went he spoke in front of 500 people they also simulcast it on Minnesota Public Radio so uh, amortized it wasn't a bad thing you know but he immediately started getting hit about this about how could you do that, um, and the response was because they asked, and that was his, that's my speaking fee. He, you know, and he has this philosophy. He gets asked to speak so much that unless he's doing it for charity or something like that, he has this very high fee because that's what it costs to do it. The guy, the state, uh, the head of the or the speaker of the House of Minnesota or the head of the Senate of Minnesota says, you know, that this pencil neck, you know, weasel <laughs> named <laughs> named Neil Gaiman. He yeah, hates he him and he wants to and, and he wants to go after him, and so Neil. I think was was personally offended, and I think he decided to make this guy a, a, a project. Um, yeah. to, to to some. To, to some extent, but I think it was, you know, but it was valid because this is, you know, someone who is coming in completely sort of, you know, he's like, he just did this $45,000 and he was casting it in such a way. He, he used the word steel. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, yes. Used, he, he used the word steel, And so he was casting it in such a way that it was obviously a political slam and it was, it was not really about Neil. It was more about, you know. Elections. Guys. Yeah, elections yeah. and stuff like that. And it was like, And I think that Neil in this particular case was like, this is a public figure. You know, this was someone who was not just some schmo on the internet, but someone who had actual power uh, in the halls of, of politics. And it's like, all right, game on. You know, and uh, you know the fact that he basically he did this, he got attention, you know, worldwide, and in fact, made the guy's mom tell him to apologize, which was the great thing. He's like, my mom said I should apologize. And like, really, you're a 45-year-old man and your mom has to tell you to apologize? I mean, A, good on mom, but B, she clearly missed some steps, yeah. you know, back when you were eight. Um, so I, I, I think if it, if, if it had been Neil, Neil picking on you, Mr. You know, Ghostbuster shirt guy, right, um, then it would have been absolutely, absolutely um, egregious. Man. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, the head of the Senate for, for, for Minnesota, bring it on! Yeah.
3: Also, one more point in his defense. He did actually not keep a penny of that. But, All, everything he did. But, but, you yeah.
5: know, see, but that's the thing that really gets me is that people are like, well, he didn't keep the money he donated to charity. Who cares? I mean, the fact of the matter is here's my cost. I pay, you know, I got paid this. Um, and as, as Neil rather astutely put it, it's very strange for a um, Republican to complain about someone, you, you know, utilizing the free market and, you know, getting whatever they I could. Agree. The fact that he, that he donated the money, while well, personally laudable on, on, right. on Neil's part, uh, has absolutely nothing to do with anything else. So... I'm sorry I'm down off. my. All right, I right think now. we have okay.
1: time for one more question because they're very lengthy with their answers. We've sorry. only had one question haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. How much time do you
7: all take dealing with social media away from personal writing? Because it seems like a
0: very lengthy chore to manage. Yeah. Well I just cross
2: post everything. No, I, well, I'm serious. I, I, my Twitter feed cross posts to Facebook and oh. my website cross posts to LiveJournal. And it looks like I'm freaking everywhere and also I type really fast. Um, and and it's not as much time investment as you would think, really.
5: It can take as much time as you let it take. Um, and th- if I'm not writing a novel, um, I will often take a lot of time with it. One of the things that I learned is that I actually I have no spine when it comes to time management, so I really have to impose on myself stuff. So when I'm writing a novel, I I, I literally pull the DSL out of the computer until I've written... Uh, either two thousand words until or until noon you know then I can plug it back in um, and then once i 've done that once i 've basically written my you know uh, my amount for the day, then it can take as much time as it needs you know um, i I do a lot of it interstitially. I was on a plane, and I paid for the Wi-Fi, which is ridiculous. you know. But it's a business expense, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I was like, I'm on a plane at 36,000 feet. There's nothing to do but talk to you on Twitter. Amuse me. And people are like, okay, let's amuse Galti. Um, yeah, and that, and that, that works. So you can, take, you can take just a few minutes, or you can take hours. It really depends on what you want to do. If it feels like a chore, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. There's
4: no there's no point in doing it if you don't actually want to do it. Uh yeah, it it will eat up a lot of your time though if you let it. So, god, I wish I had something more impressive to say.
5: No, but you're <laughs> absolutely correct. Be though. reasonable.
6: Twitter is is eaten into my blog though. I do tend to yes. say things quicker on Twitter and not mm. blog it.
2: Mm. Although I use it as like a links repository for stuff I re- need to remember to post later sometimes. Right. Um but yeah.
5: Yeah. I do, I, do, I do Twitter. I mean, it all depends on where I am. If I'm at home, I'll do a lot of stuff on my blog because I'm at home and I can think in a long way. If I'm traveling, like I've been on tour for three weeks, right? So uh, most of my posting on the, on, you know, in the last three weeks is like, this is where I am, come see me. Um, And then all the sort of amusing stuff that I'm doing is on Twitter because I can do it off of this. You know, it's like, you know, here I am. I just made an ass of myself with my Coke Zero can on the panel. (laughs) You know, which I, in fact, did just tweet. Um, So uh, a lot of it is also circumstantial. If I'm moving, if I'm traveling around, a lot of it will be through Twitter. If I'm at home, it's going to be mostly on the blog. and uh yeah it's
6: finishing the novel has so cut down on my internet in general in the last couple of weeks i'm starting to get afraid that they may not love me
5: anymore (laughs) that they may not be there
6: when i come back they will not
5: love you any less well
6: i
3: might (laughs) (laughs) time
6: will be the judge of that i think (laughs)
3: Uh, i mean the podcast takes takes a lot of time that's that's when i put together a, a podcast week that's my night so that's just to you know, to bring that angle to it, that's that is something that absolutely takes a lot of time. It's it's really, I, and usually when I have an interview guest on, I usually say, "How the hell do you manage your time?" Because I have no idea. I'm really bad at it. So, it, it's it's just a matter of priorities. I mean, that's I'm, I'm about a quick to, answer. I'm about to do a podcast. Um, me,
6: um, Liz Bear. Uh, Seanan Maguire, Kat Valenti, and Lynn Thomas. It's just okay. a bunch of people shouting. It's going to be called the um, SF Squeecast, And it's just <laughs> us going... Squeecast. Yes. It's just us all going enthusing at once. <laughs> and slapping <laughs> yes. everywhere. On audio. Uh, we
1: can take another
6: question. Yes. Does anybody else have a
1: question awesome. right there? With, like, the Kindle and the, and the readers, um, it's suddenly starting to be a problem with pirated books
2: now.
5: Suddenly? Oh. <sighs> I was was about to say, so you ask in the last four minutes the one that we can do an entire thing about. (laughs) This is our entire life. Yeah, exactly. well, Paul, Paul has been very actually vocal about that on, and, on and Twitter.
6: I, I don't think I should have been. I, 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 it's kind of uncool. I don't want to be the guy who's always uncool, uh. but I, I'm a real Puritan for I hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. The lying, the awful, awful stealing bastards. Yeah.
5: Uh, my feeling about it is that one of the things that the book publishers, book publishers and authors are fortunate about is that when, we, when our electronic moment finally happened, uh that we actually had a very robust retail connection to all all the all the stuff so we will always have pirating i mean we had it before then you know i mean if you go back to you know the internet 10 years ago even before they had e-readers you had people uh, you know, scanning in pages of books and putting them up yeah. on uh... on on the. We'll always have murder, that. though, and we won't have people. Go- we don't have people going around. Oh, hey, murder is. No, calling. no, no. I'm not. No, no. I'm not saying. It's not quite. I'm the not. Same yeah, thing, I'm not saying. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying. I'm not saying that it's something that you should be complacent about. What I'm saying is, that it has all. It has ever been with us. What we need to do as uh, people who are trying to make money on, uh, you know, from our writing, is to make sure that it is easier. You know, it is easier for. Uh, someone to go to Amazon and press a button and get that or go to Barnes and Noble or Google Books or wherever and press a button and get it for ninety nine cents or for six hundred ninety nine or for eleven hundred and ninety nine which is what fuzzy Nation just did. Um, and just have it as opposed to having to troll the uh, the Usenet or troll the the BitTorrent and stuff like that. Um, if you do that, one of the things that they 've found in the last month, for example, is that finally BitTorrent traffic has declined, and part of that is because simply it 's easier to go to Netflix mm. and where where it 's there and you 're done and, the, and everybody gets paid. I've got to be said it 's got to be said
6: though the difficulty is these days telling people that they 've done a small thing wrong. it's not an awful awful thing it's just a small thing they've done wrong
5: yeah that's a really hard message to get over yeah and And the thing perfectly nice
6: people doing small things wrong
5: and to bring it around full circle i think that this is where being having a presence online helps i mean one of the one of the uh posts that i have that i direct people to because everyone will say i kind of got one of your books in a way that you didn't actually make money for and now i really like you so i'm wondering how i could possibly like maybe pay you should i send you like a check um and my answer to that is no because it's not just me who makes a book it's a whole bunch of other people but i send them to. a a blog article I wrote is like so you've stolen from me you know a primer Um, and it is you know buy the book you know buy the book for a friend Mm. you know buy the book for a library Uh, or if you can't do any of that donate to reading Is fundamental or first books and get somebody else to be a reader Um, on a on a a, you know piece to piece basis you know it's not going to kill me but what I wanted to do is inculcate the idea that this is my livelihood and this is what I do yeah yeah
1: Well, I think that's about all we have time. I actually have (laughs) a (laughs) quick comment. Uh-oh. I have a note, and I mostly e read. Oh. So I guess being Thank public you. and coming to the cons is even better for yes. business. It is, because you can't sign anything.
5: No, writer. you do actually get a,
1: you
2: we do get a Sharpies. lot of that. Yeah. yeah, I carry Sharpies for people who want nooks and, and Kindles yes. and things signed. Oh, really? Yeah. And, see, and you just signed the reader? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's or, or really neat. cover that it sits in. It depends it, on person. Yeah. person. Oh, that's, yeah. That's a neat idea, too.
6: Applause. Excellent reader. Right.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. Like, thank you, ma'am. Well,
1: thank you guys so much for coming out. We, of course, have a lot thank of other so <laughs> um, great panels coming up. Oh, um, I'm not, no,
7: it's not so
5: Sci-Fi right. and
1: Fantasy is our next panel so please do stick around and if you don't, please go enjoy the con and have I'm a I'm great weekend So you listen to John
5: Hi folks, this is the Emperor I'm here to remind you to listen to The Emperor's Court every Saturday from 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern right here at vtwproductions.com That's The Emperor's Court Your three-hour break from internet porn.